0: Macworld Podcast number 127 for July 30th, 2008. Sponsored by MYOB, Small Business Accounting and Point of Sale Software. Helping you to mind your own business smarter. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. In the two and a half weeks since the fateful July 11th, the day Apple chose to unleash the iPhone 2.0 software, the App Store, the iPhone 3G, iTunes 7.7, and MobileMe, Apple's been in the news a lot. And that news hasn't always been complimentary. In today's episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll focus on the things released July 11. We'll start with my interview with frequent Macworld contributor Jeff Carlson, who reviewed MobileMe. Me. Jeff's review, along with MobileMe itself, has taken some heat recently, and it seemed like a good time to examine MobileMe from all sides, the good as well as the not-so-good. Macworld Editorial Director Jason Snell then joins Macworld Senior Editors Roman Loyola and Kelly Turner to talk App Store applications, the iPhone and iPod Touch applications that they've been using since the App Store opened its doors. But before we get to those interviews, a little news and commentary. It's been an interesting couple of weeks for Apple. On the one hand, they sold a million iPhone 3Gs in the first three days they were on sale. That made Apple and the iPhone's carriers happy. Customers, however, weren't so happy after long lines and activation hassles during those first days. Activation issues have been smoothed out, but the lines still exist. I understand that this is Apple and AT&T's way of ensuring that activated phones aren't sent to the four corners of the world so that they can be unlocked. And I also know that Apple has started issuing tickets to those in line so that they can essentially schedule an appointment to pick their phone and avoid the lines. And while that seems like an okay compromise now, and things are sure to get better as iPhones become more available, I shudder to think what will happen during the holidays. An iPhone would be a very cool gift, yet what are you supposed to do? Give someone a gift card that dooms them to standing in a huge line, even with the ticket system on December 26th? Merry Christmas indeed. And then there's the App Store. There's a fair bit of rumbling in the developer community about this thing, and for good reason. Obviously, if you're a developer, you want your application to garner great reviews and kill the competition. But there's a two-fold problem here. The first is that because of the non-disclosure agreement that developers had to sign to become iPhone developers, they weren't allowed to discuss creating iPhone apps with other developers. Of course, developers want to protect their state secrets, but when it comes to general techniques for building applications, they can be a chatty bunch. That option was off the table, so developers had to work only with what Apple told them and with a brand new version of the iPhone software that was also in a state of development. Add to that that there was no way to broadly beta test these applications because they couldn't be released outside the development environment, and you can see how some not quite ready-for-prime-time applications might have gone out the door. And that's exactly what happened. The App Store opened, developers released their applications, users reported problems, and where there were significant enough problems, users wrote negative reviews of the applications. The developers, reacting as quickly as possible, updated their apps and sent them into Apple, where they sat, and sat, and sat. In the meantime, the negative reviews continue to pour in, and here's the unfortunate developer stewing, knowing that he or she has fixed the problem two weeks before, yet can't do a thing about helping those who've downloaded the app because Apple holds the key to distribution. In the meantime, the guy across the street releases a similar app, garners better reviews because he's learned from another's mistakes, and the original developer is sunk. This is not good news. These apps are the livelihood of a lot of people, and if Apple's going to force developers to use the App Store, and the App Store only, they damned well better make sure that it works from day one, and that developers have the freedom to update and improve their apps without having to wait for Apple to get its act together. I suspect that this will be smoothed over sooner rather than later, but in the meantime, it's another slip-up in what's turned out to be a couple of weeks of Apple slip-ups. Finally, there's Steve Jobs' health and the way that Apple and others have addressed the issue. Jobs called New York Times columnist Joe Nocera, and after a few opening pleasantries, said that he would provide details of his health, but only off the record. Nocera tried to convince Jobs to stay on the record, but Jobs insisted. Nocera agreed, and we're told that while Jobs had problems far more complicated than a common bug, as Apple first suggested, nothing about Jobs' condition was life-threatening. And that's great. Unless maybe you're an Apple stockholder, and you're concerned that an off-the-record statement is essentially worthless. Some have suggested that revealing details of Jobs' health publicly could be icky and therefore embarrassing, and I understand that. But I'm sure that it could be handled tastefully and in an accountable way, meaning on the record. If you've been following Apple for any length of time, you'll understand that to much of the financial world, Steve Jobs is Apple. If he leaves, there's going to be trouble because far too many people who handle far too much money will take that leaving as a sign that Apple's through. For normal people, a person's health is a private matter, but Steve Jobs, in his position as all things Apple, is not a normal person. Dan Lyons, the once fake Steve Jobs, has been covering this issue on his blog at realdanlyons.com. Agree or not, it makes for an interesting read. And that's enough for me. Next up, Jeff Carlson and I discuss another controversial issue, mobile me. I'm Skyped with Jeff Carlson, a columnist for the Seattle Times, the managing editor of the electronic newsletter Tidbits, author of countless books, including Peach Pit Press's iMovie 08 and iDVD 08 for Mac OS X Visual Quick Start Guide, and frequent contributor to Macworld. Jeff also penned Macworld's recent review of MobileMe. Thanks very much for joining me, Jeff. Thank you. All right. So let's start with the important stuff. How much did Apple pay you to write the review, and when will you stop beating your wife? Um, They paid me so much that I can finally stop beating my wife. Really? (laughs) That's so great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because uh, perhaps you want to clue our listeners into why I might have asked you that question.
1: Um, Well, because obviously I'm on the take from Apple um, because I wrote a – uh, semi-positive review of MobileMe. Um, and I say semi-positive because uh, I gave it three and a half stars um, based on my experience with it. Uh, and unfortunately, this is a case where um, a, a good number of people are having a lot of problems with it. And so therefore, because someone's having a lot of problems, that means everyone is, and that the entire staff at Macworld is also on the take or something.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, once that... Yeah, once that review came out, uh, there was a whole fleet of BMWs that came to us in a very large box, and so thank you very much for doing that because I love my new car. You're very welcome. Okay, all right. So um, before examining some of MobileMe's current weaknesses, let's turn to what it's supposed to do first. How does it differ from Mac? Um, it, the the main thing that the main
1: area where it differs is um, what Apple was calling push um, and sort of backed away from that. And what that means is um, when I make a change um, to, let's say an event or a contact on my iPhone, um, that change is almost immediately um, reflected in the online mobile me um, site. So if I were to go to a web browser and access that um, and vice versa um, where Apple sort of, got ahead of themselves is um, that feature was also supposed to work on your desktop so um, if you made a change in iCal it would just be reflected on your iPhone and on any other um, machines that you um, are subscribed to using the mobile me service um, that's what they demoed when they announced mobile me uh, back in February no mm-hmm. March. Anyway, and so um, it doesn't exactly work that way because um, on the the desktop, the synchronization happens every 15 minutes if you're running Leopard or every hour if you're running um, Tiger. And I expect that that's something that that they probably just hit some sort of technological hurdle um, that prevented that. And I'm sure that it's going to happen um, at some point.
0: Yeah, because at one point they said this is exchange for the rest of us. And if it isn't really pushed from the desktop, then it's clearly not.
1: Right, exactly. Um, But uh, it's – so aside from that, um, having the the capability to just uh, update records sort of like piecemeal. So let's say I just change um, your phone number. I don't have to wait to um, have MobileMe, you know, work on some sort of a schedule to update that information, mm-hmm. um, and it, it just it just happens. And honestly, I mean, it is sort of like magic, you know, since we're kind of used to okay, you know, with Dot Mac it's like, well, I'll i um, synchronize maybe every hour or every week or something like that. Now, it it just happens. Um, it it goes into uh, uh, a big cloud, as Apple says, uh, where basically all your data is stored in a in a cloud, as Apple calls it, uh, where your data gets pushed from the cloud to all of your different devices.
0: At this point, what works well? Before we turn to the dark side of what doesn't, work, but what is currently <laughs> working well? It's the the mobile me um, the access at me dot com.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, works really well. It's 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 very slick. Um, there are some caveats, of course. You have to be running um, either Safari 3 or later or um, Firefox 2 or later, um, which has been an issue for some people who uh, you know, maybe work on a PC at work and um, are forced to use Internet Explorer 6, which mm-hmm. is basically um, like you can't even get into the site with Internet with Explorer six, you can, um, internet Explorer seven will let you use it, but you get this message saying, um, you know, internet Explorer is not a very good browser and we'll let you do it, but you're going to really not enjoy the experience. <laughs>
0: well, that's going to um, endear people from
1: the windows side. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, and the reason for that, it's, it's doing a lot of web 2.0, JavaScript, ajax kind of stuff. Um, very sort of modern web browser, um, things that, uh, uh, that make the experience better. So, for example, um, when you go to the to the MobileMe calendar, um, you're looking at your calendar, and um, under .Mac, when you would do this, you would, like, let's say I wanted to create a new event. I would, you know, I think, you know, click a plus button, and, um, you know, event would come up, a dialog, and I'd have to fill that out, and then, um, you know, hit OK, and then it would appear. Here, um, it's, it's in some ways... Um, just like using iCal, you can just click on, say, 9 a.m. on Wednesday and start dragging, and you have a brand-new contact. Um, the the start and end times get updated as you drag. Uh, it's really very slick, and you can just drag events around. Um, it's, you know, like I said, it's almost like, uh, you know, using a desktop app.
0: Right. Okay. So let's talk about the dark side. There's been loads of talk about mobile me's failing. In your opinion, what are the most crucial things that need to be fixed? Um, well right now is, is, um, mail and,
1: uh, for the people who, for whom mail works, um, it's, just fine it's great it's It's a nice uh web interface, unfortunately, as Apple says, uh, for one percent of mobile me subscribers, mail's not working at all and um, furthermore uh, it hasn't been working for i think going on well i think since it it started like two weeks yeah um, if you had mail, that mail is just gone so um, that's really bad yeah. <laughs> um, I mean you know. You can understand that, that that this that this is hard and, and and part of this too is you know you have um, possibly millions of people um, subscribe to MobileMe me in in total, having a huge number of people there are bound to be problems, but um, it seems as if you know Apple should have been able to either you know back this stuff up more. Um, properly or something. It's just it, – it seems uncharacteristically um, botched if that makes – if that's not too harsh.
0: No, I was going to say boneheaded, but
1: um, – Boneheaded. Boneheaded is very good, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it does uh, – to go back to the user then and say, gosh, we're sorry we lost your email for three days or, or whatever the number is and say, gosh, I sure hope you backed that up. Um, you know, people are, this is not a free service. This is a hundred bucks a year. And to get exactly. that kind of, um, treatment is, uh, you can understand how people are up in arms about this.
1: Exactly. Um, I was, uh, one of my other email providers had a couple of years ago where, I mean, it was like complete server meltdown and a lot of mail was lost and, and, you know, they said things like, well, you know, we have this backup system in place, but it actually hadn't been hooked up yet. And, you know, just like. Crazy things like that—that that you're like—and and with them, you know, I, I think it's a fairly small company um, that, that's handling this. And you're like, okay, this is terrible, and um, you know, it, it's somewhat understandable. And they, you know, tried to do their best to to um, you know fix the problem and you know extend uh, the service to people, et cetera. Um, Apple's kind of a big company. Yeah, yeah. And and um, and, and like you sort of get the idea that Apple knows what it's doing mm-hmm. um, and therefore you expect that they know what they're doing. And so for something like this, I mean, um, you know, the the mobile me, the launch of mobile me was um, pretty disastrous in terms of, uh, you know, for like the first several days, you couldn't even get into it and people had corrupted data and all of this. And, um, you know, that's, that was kind of a big nasty thing. But you would think that they would be able to work through whatever this is by now. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe because Apple does um, other things in a very sort of clean, polished way, we're expecting too much, but uh, I, I, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you because I think uh, Mac users do expect things to work just perfectly out of the box. And this clearly didn't happen with, with Mobile Me, And I think it's an aberration for Apple. And and also, it's not getting fixed very quickly. At least in, you know, if you've been out of email for ten, twelve days, that's unacceptable. You want yeah. something to work now. I'm sure Steve Jobs and Apple wants it to work now, but it just isn't.
1: Unfortunately, Apple is, is sort of helping to, uh, I think, push people more towards uh, Gmail or, or yeah. something like that, or at least use that as a backup. Um, when when my other provider failed, I realized that. You know, I I had no other option. And so what happens now is basically I signed up for a free Gmail account. All my email goes there first. Um, A lot of the spam gets filtered out and then gets pushed to my other um, email provider. And and then that's where I pick up my mail from them. So, um, you know, I've got like a couple layers so that if, you know, email provider one fails – I can go back to Gmail and just sort of you know, do a search for, for what's happened. And so you know, um, at this point, I would almost uh, recommend that you know, people do something like that for .Mac even, um, although they shouldn't have to.
0: No, no, but I agree. It, it makes absolute sense to have at least two email accounts and make sure all your stuff is going to both of them so that should something yeah. like this happen, you've got a backup instead of just saying, what do you mean you lost my email?
1: Yeah, and well, and, and unfortunately, um, you know, you and I, we've been doing email for a while, and so you know, we we would think of something like that. But um, I think there are a huge number of of Mobile Me subscribers um, who, you know, they're not as you know um, savvy about how email even works, and therefore, you know, it's coming from Apple. It's this great package. I I bought my iMac and I signed up for Mobile Me, and I get all this stuff, and I can do you know. Um, I can put my pictures up on the web and all this stuff, and so for them, like you know, one of Molebee's strengths is still the fact that you get all this stuff sort of in one package, yeah. and for it to to fall down in this crucial way um, is just unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Well, let's look beyond the short term and assume that Apple will eventually get this stuff fixed. Yes. Even if Apple gets the service up and running, where could it stand improvement? Oh, wait, I've, I'm on the take. So it's perfect right no. now. It's <laughs> wonderful. No, I think after that last 10 minutes, uh, if you look out the window, you'll see your BMW is gone. Oh, no. Um,
1: I, I thought I heard Steve Jobs' helicopter overhead.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't make any noise and it's black.
2: <laughs>
1: Amazing. Um, there are a few things that, that need work. Um Uh, There's a nice uh, search field online for mail, um, except for the fact that it doesn't search the contents of your email. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of useless there. Another area that needs improvement is um, subscription calendars. Uh, In iCal, you can subscribe to uh, a calendar from some other source. So let's say um, uh, Apple has several that you can – Uh, Access one of them is like um, movie release dates. Uh, And so in iCal, every Friday there's an event that lists like, you know, what movies are coming out that Friday. Um, Unfortunately, those cannot be synced uh, through MobileMe. So um, although it'll show up on your uh, computer, it won't show up on your iPhone. It won't show up online. Um, Apple had a little bit of of back and forth about this saying, um, well, yes, of course it works. And um, there's a tech note somewhere that says calendars are being synchronized. However, the events in the calendars are not,
3: Hmm.
1: which is kind of silly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's great that you're keeping track of it. But uh, the reason I have this calendar is because I want to see the events. Yeah,
1: exactly. Surprisingly, back to my Mac uh, still seems to either work or not work depending on on you know people's uh, configurations. But mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be untouched and um, I've been able to to get that work just fine. iDisk uh, gives you more storage now, and uh, at least in my testing, it seems like the performance of of, of uploading and downloading files to your iDisk has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've seen you know. Seen things on on Apple's support forums where you know some people are are claiming that it's not as fast, but um, you know, just in, in my transfers, uh, it came through about the same. And what's nice is that um, the the uh, little status bar um, in the Finder actually seems to represent the status of your of your copy, Mm -hmm. whereas under .Mac, it would just sort of, it looked like it copied in about four seconds and then would say that it was finishing for, you know, 10 minutes while it actually did the copy.
0: Um, One interesting thing about MobileMe that people don't talk about very much is it's now a a cross-platform service. Do you see many Windows users flocking to MobileMe, particularly given what's happened in the last couple of weeks?
1: Not yet. Um, I mean, it, it, it still seems like it's something that... If you have access to um, a Windows computer and you need your contact information or whatever um, it's it's a great way of 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 doing that. I can't imagine you know your sort of average windows user um, saying, "Hey, here's this Apple service that uh, you know that I can use." They can probably get a lot of the same things from Google um, you know depending on and yeah. um, you know s- some of the some of the features. Like, um, like, let's say the the, the web gallery. Um, I actually ha- haven't tested this much on under Windows, um, but you know, part of the appeal of Mobile Me on a Mac is that you can use iWeb and iPhoto and iMovie to easily upload your movies and your photos um, and create a website. And I don't know if there are any hooks into other software um, that will allow you to do that. So you would probably just have to manually upload. Um, a photo or a movie via the web, right. and that's something that's sort of better done, you know, using Flickr or something.
0: Yeah, I've used a little bit on Windows uh, simply to try out the Outlook support, and that's still a little flaky. And I've heard from readers as well who are Windows users who just say, "I cannot get Outlook calendars and Mobile Me to talk to each other." I've managed to do it, but it took a lot of effort to make that happen. Yeah. All right. Well, having done it myself plenty of times, I understand that writing review on a moving target like MobileMe is tough because things change quickly and sometimes not for the better. But as a reviewer, you have to take the long view. Given that, if you were writing your review today, would you significantly change your views? I would not. Um,
1: so I, I gave it three and a half mice. Um, I think that if I could give it like maybe three and a quarter, I would. Um, and that, that's partially because, you know, although, like I said, a lot of people, um, some estimates are like 20,000 people are, are uh, affected by this this male problem. Um, that's still a, a, a small percentage and, and I don't want to, you know, minimize the pain that they're going through. But um, overall... Uh, the service um, has worked fairly well. Um, I, you know, I noted some of the problems that I ran into and some of the, you know, the things that that uh, that I was able to, you know, solve. All that remains true. One of the things of, uh, about doing this review in the first place, I almost didn't do it because I knew that there would be, you know, a lot of different variables with, you know, Apple sort of constantly working on it, and um, you know, you have people people's, um, contact information that, you know, who knows what, what state it's in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, mine, uh, you know, I've, I've been using Palms and different synchronization software. And so, you know, my, my personal data is really sort of crufty and, um, you know, kind of a mess. And I I actually expected to run into more problems than I did. So, um, no, I, 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 stand by the review. Um, I think, you know, I, I would love to have the opportunity you know let's say in you know three months or two weeks or something to say, "Hey, Apple finally you know fixed the outstanding problems, or you know they've rolled out mobile me one point five that also you know touches on some of these other things mm-hmm. um you know and and part of that was if there are significant changes, then you know i'm sure." You know, we may you know readdress them or something but um for right now i think i think it's a, a, an accurate state of of what mobile me is um for for most users
0: okay well i see your bmw is back in the parking lot um, <laughs> nice <laughs> so uh, for those of you are listening if you want to read jeff's review and yes it's worth reading more than just the mouse rating you can find it on macworld.com and thanks very much for joining me jeff and enjoy your car Absolutely, thank you. I Oh wait, they didn't give me keys. Oh (laughs) (laughs) they're waiting for that three week update. Exactly. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks. Before we turn to Jason Snell, Roman Loyola, Kelly Turner, and their discussion of iPhone applications, a word from our sponsor, MYLB. Are you a small business owner looking for an easy to set up point of sale solution? Look no further. New from MYOB, the company who brings you award-winning account-edge accounting software is Checkout, a point-of-sale system only for the Mac. Created with the realities of retail in mind, Checkout provides an easy-to-learn, efficient, and reliable way to make sales and manage your store. Get up and running in 15 minutes and start spending more time with your customers. Learn more at www.myob-us.com. Now iPhone applications. Take it away, Jason.
2: Thanks, Chris. This is Jason Snell. I'm the editorial director at Macworld. I am here in the pod cave deep beneath the foundations of the Macworld offices in San Francisco or something like that with uh, two senior editors from Macworld, Roman Loyola, who you may have heard on another podcast at another time in another place. Hey, Roman. Hello. And Kelly Turner is here with us. I think I almost spaced out on your name there. Hi Kelly.
3: <laughs> Hello. Hello <How long laughs> I work here. <laughs> who are you
2: again? Like a decade. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm got, to, I got distracted because um I discovered that there's an update for Tetris on the App Store right now, which is very exciting. Although not as exciting as the update for um for the Lightsaber application. Yes, there's an
4: update for PhoneSaber that was released, yes. Just-
2: on the 24th, I think. Oh, wow. I hope mine isn't incompatible in some way. That would be terrible <laughs> or a security threat. <laughs> uh, the, the topic at hand today is, if you hadn't already guessed, the iPhone App Store and after the, uh, the App Store has been out for a couple of weeks. We've had some chances to actually use the apps or or in many cases, I think, download the apps and not actually ever use them, which is also interesting and telling in some ways. And I thought we would just talk a little bit about what we've been using on our iPhones. We're all iPhone users here and what we haven't been using. So, Roman, what is the uh, – what's the stuff that you've really found yourself using day-to-day? The app that turns out that I use the most is Twitterific. Me too. Um, me too. Yeah, and it seems so simple and it's so boring to say that, but right. it, it is the one that I use. Yeah, and
4: I, ha- you know, I hate to admit that I am addicted to Twitter because I need to know what everyone is doing.
3: There's I nothing wrong with that, Roman. <laughs> yeah, I, think
4: we're all, I
2: think we're all on Twitter too, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. as is Macworld. Although I
4: do find that sometimes I can't seem to get it to work sometimes, like – I don't know if it's – but then that's the Wait, problem with Twitter. Wait. You can't
3: Twitter. get Twitter to work sometimes? <laughs> right, exactly.
2: What, what? Twitter is down sometimes. <laughs> right. I, uh, I'm shocked. I don't know if it's the app or if it's Twitter that's not working. <laughs> that's so the beauty uh... <laughs> of all Twitter-related services is that you can never know. Right. Unless you visit istwitterdown.com, you right. never know whether it's Twitter or not. And Even yeah. then sometimes you don't know because sometimes the Twitter website is up but the Twitter right. like back-end stuff is down.
4: Yeah. So Twitter if it ends up being the app I would use the I use the most. I thought I would use AIM more, but I don't. I think it's the simple idea of I have this phone. Why am I, I am in you when I can call you if I need to or or text you or something? It's I thought that, you know, there was this big hullabaloo when iPhone came out that it needs to have a chat app. Well now there's a chat app and I'm not using it. Yeah. yeah. Just
3: text them.
2: I'm right. not. I'm not. Well, some people aren't on their phone though. Some people are on their computer. I mean, I, right. I, 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 I was so. a big fan of, of the idea of AIM on the iPhone, and the problem, or really not AIM, some a chat client that I thought would be more interesting than AIM, like iChat or ADM yeah. or something like that. But um, for me, the killer is that you just can't stay logged in, or if you do stay logged in, you can set a setting that keeps you logged in, but you're not right. actually until you go back into AIM, you don't know if anybody's trying to chat with you. And that that's, that's supposedly going to be fixed this fall when Apple releases this extension to the iPhone develop it, development environment that lets them have little notifications because then a little window can pop up and say, hey, somebody wants to chat with you. But right now, it, once you leave AIM – so unless you're really, really lonely and you've got AIM open, you're like, please, somebody chat with me. Come on. <laughs> Come on, chat. But, I, but I, ha- I have used that you know in the car. I, I've used that. You, you make a good point, though. I, right. Maybe I should just call them. But I, I have yeah. used it. Not when I'm driving, but I was riding in a, in a car going through the – down I-5 in the Central Valley. And I wanted to ask a quick question of somebody presumably I, who I didn't want to actually speak with. Right. And I just said, how's it going? Is it OK? You know, Yeah, it's fine. And then yeah. that was it.
3: But I feel like all the younger listeners like why why would you why, call them?
2: Why wouldn't you text them?
3: Yeah, what why, why, why either, call? Either
2: one. <laughs> if you're if you're yeah. under 30, text. If right. you're over 30, call and then if it's your 30th birthday, <laughs> like, use I am. But there are reasons to use I am. It's just not right. it's not as a must have as I thought. Whereas Twitter, you know, it Twitter's a great time killer to yeah. see what other people are doing yeah. to say what you're doing. Um it's like that perfect And you really I have do kind of need it thing. when you're out and
3: about, when you're away yeah. from your computer.
2: Are you using Twitter effect too? I am. Yeah. Well Roman the we 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 should probably talk about the most important app of oh, the most important of app. all which we didn't and and we have, to, we have to cross swords here. And now I All right, we I uh, you you have killed my my mentor and master. Now you must be defeated.
0: Wow. Oh. oh if you strike me
3: down, I will become more powerful than you.
2: We are, of course, speaking of the lightsaber app and using the lightsaber app. Boys. Which comes in many colors, which my children appreciate. We also, we are, we're also the parents of boys. Yes. And I know my son, my daughter too, I should be fair, my daughter uh, also was excited, but my son was, was insanely excited by the idea of having the iPhone be his lightsaber. And you have, you have two boys. Yes,
4: I, I am my boys, you know, (laughs) I'm, you know, my, my heroism has skyrocketed with my boys because I have a lightsaber. Because now they can take your phone <laughs> yes. and throw it against the wall while yes. it's making lightsaber nothing noises. Nothing makes a grown man cringe more than watching your boy run down the hallway with a lightsaber and it, nice it around. Isn't nice to know you
2: spent several hundred dollars and are paying like $70 a month for a lightsaber? Right. Yeah. right.
4: And so now my boys ask me, Papa, when am I going to get an iPhone?
2: Your four? Maybe
4: but I need it for the lightsaber. Right. And the <laughs> iPod Touch
2: won't do because it doesn't have the external uh, right. speaker. So, so it just won't speakers.
0: work. So there. Yeah, the,
2: yes. that's the advantage of the iPhone 3G, I guess, is that uh, the speaker's louder for your yes. lightsaber. Uh, what else? What other apps have, uh, well, have, have you caught the, your fancy?
3: The app that I really like is um, Urban Spoon. It's a restaurant review site. And um, I think it's really clever, although it has one – Great downfall. Um,
2: we're we're finding our position. We
3: <laughs> it's trying to find out where we are. It is. It's currently looking. So when you pull it up, and this is the feature that I just I really love. Um, if you get tired of going out to eat, which I do all the time, we go to the same place, and we really like trying new places and trying like the hole in the walls. It has like a slot machine interface. Yeah,
2: I think we just I think we just heard it, although we can do it again. You shake the phone it's, and it actually finds and, you go. And,
3: and it picks, you know, a neighborhood nearby you and a type of food and you know a dollar sign amount and gives you a suggestion. Right. Um, and you can lock some of those if you only want to go to the cheap places, which is usually the first thing I do. I, I lock it on the two dollar signs.
2: Right. And, um, <laughs> Whereas I lock it on the city that I live in, and then I just spin the wheel and see what happens. I haven't actually gone to a place that Urban Spoon. Well, actually, I've gone to places Urban Spoon has recommended, but not yet because because it's yeah. come up in the slot machine. But it's a funny idea.
3: I have used this actually so many times, and um, several times my husband has stolen my iPhone just to shake it. I think and hear the noise. I don't know, but um. And they recently updated it, so <laughs> Take now that lightsaber. Now it'll suggest um, just restaurants that are near you or you can browse, you know, by types of food if you don't want to do the try your luck sort of a thing. But I think it's really clever. I just in the current release, it won't remember all right. of your suggestions that you've come across if you leave the app for any reason. Right. And um and I know they're working on it and they're going to fix it and I'm super excited about it. But I think it's I just it's such a clever app. I really like it.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Have you been to one of those restaurants and had to say,
3: Estaba <laughs> <laughs> delicioso. Oddly, no. No, no <laughs> what is that?
2: is that? Wait a second. You were playing My Tooth Hurts earlier. That, yes, that's not good that if was, you go to uh, a restaurant. That,
4: that, was, that was delicious. And that's – it's an app called – I don't know the official name of the app. It says Spanish when after I downloaded it. Mm, that's it's a from, good title. Yes. It's from a company called LastMinute.com and there are a bunch of Spanish phrases that you can call up and then you tap on it and then it says it. So, for instance, when I'm at the restaurant and I see a price, I can push this and I'll say. Me that's saying how much will it cost.
3: Well, that's great. Well, you have so, to trust that it's actually saying what you think it's saying.
4: Right. True. <laughs> so, yeah, if you don't know any Spanish, you could be asking for and, bail and then, money instead and, of. But something.
2: the other people, the people who are speaking Spanish can't like uh, – Um, speak into the phone and have it translated back into English for you. So it does have its limits. Thus the one mighty flaw of this application. That's right. Well, it's not like Shazam or that other – there's the Shazam app where you can hold it up to a speaker playing music and it will actually tell you what the song is. And then there's that other app whose name escapes me now that – which is bad information for podcast purposes. Sorry, podcast listeners, um, that you can actually hum into it. And, uh, and it will identify what song it is, which actually only works if you're a very good hummer and you have any sense of tune because my father-in-law tried it and he might as well have been humming a dial tone. There was no <laughs> way he was going to get it. But, um, but unfortunately, we haven't yet gotten to the point where you can shout Spanish into the phone and it will it'll translate it into English. I don't think, although who knows?
3: Tienes unos ojos preciosos. on that note.
2: Wow!
3: And what did that mean?
2: It means you have lovely
4: eyes, Jason.
3: Oh, Jason! Oh, nice,
2: <laughs> nice. We're gonna have to ask Chris to put in some romantic music right here. Right. <laughs> so, um, any any other any other apps? I've been playing a little Texas Hold'em, which is like the hundred megabyte application. It's huge. And it's because of all these video files that let you play against real people who are all you know uh, realistic, and they have tells, so you can tell when they're bluffing and all that. And of course, how do I play it? I turn it on the side into into the sideways mode where all those people go away, and all you see are cards. So, <laughs> hundred megabytes of video I don't use, but I, I do play that.
3: Yeah. I also I use the box office app pretty often um, to you know see the Rotten Tomato. Rating of a movie and see where it's playing, what time. That's been pretty handy to me. I mean, it's just kind of it's very right. utilitarian. But you know, if we're just talking about apps that we actually use out in the yeah. real world,
2: right? Well, there's nothing wrong with that.
3: And um, I've As had opposed several to apps
2: that impress our yeah, our children. I've had
3: several tip applications. Unfortunately, I'm married to someone who's much better at doing the tip than I am, and he finds it. You know, point of honor if he can figure uh, out the tip before I can. So I haven't actually been able to make very of So use the moment you yet. pull out the iPhone, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, gone. He's, he's doing the math in his head, yeah. yeah.
2: I've got – my kids were impressed by uh, by band from Moo mu- mu- Cow Music. Let me see if I can. I could record that there. That's cool. <laughs> Which is like a bunch of little uh, simple synthesizers that let you do stuff. Like with my kids, we um, figured out how we could do um, – uh the theme from Spider Man as a blues riff, which I'm gonna get wrong now, but let's go. And it spins a web anyway. Uh so that's pretty cool. That's uh oh and then there's and Can even, you record? You can record and you can play it back and then the best part is whether you did something good or did something bad you can switch to the audience mode and get a and get a cheer, which is <laughs> That's, that's by far the best feature. Yes. Hooray! Yes. Anything else, <laughs> Roman? We're, we're, uh. Oh, we're, I have, I've been playing with bubble wrap.
3: <laughs> oh god.
2: So, so I don't know what the message is that we're sending here. There's, there's utility and then there's, uh, there's non-utility. <laughs> um, I've been using, um, Wow. Wow, that was I think serious. you destroyed bubble your bubble wrap yes. there. I've been using the New York Times and mobile mm-hmm. news apps both yeah. and trying to figure out what I think of both of them. I like the New York Times app a lot, although it does seem to take forever to update. The, although it's the gotten beta. better
3: since they've put out a few updates oh, yeah? to the program. Um,
2: um, yeah, um, but the idea of the New York Times thing, I actually feel like newspapers uh, uh, the downside of this is every newspaper needs to do it, which means they're going to all write their own apps, which seems a little bit silly, but I love the idea of. Um, Waking up in the morning and turning on the iPhone and starting the New York Times downloading while I get ready for work and then coming back, pulling out the iPhone and then being able to read the entire New York Times on my iPhone on my, on my computer on And it's such an bus. easier
3: way to navigate it than… On the web, oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. so handy. It's
2: much better because the pages are, you know, are are simple and the navigation is easier. And mobile news is the same way with the AP, AP news. It's you know, it's putting it in a menu, and that's a lot better than loading a, a full size web page and double tapping and zooming in and click, you know, t- tapping on a link and moving to that page. And it's too much. So yeah. uh, the the news stuff <coughs> is has been really interesting, and I've been using that a little bit.
3: Yeah, and although it's not really useful in many ways. I think that um, comic touch is a lot of fun. <laughs> if you, you know, so if you upload who, photos, it's people who did
2: comic life,
3: right? And it lets you put little speech bubbles and captions on um, photos, and you can send them to others if you want to mock them by making them look funny. Um, but it's, you know, it's just a very cleverly done. You can also you can enlarge people's faces or enlarge their nose, and I don't know. Wow, it's, like I said, not very useful. Yeah. Um, aside from the mocking. But
2: but hey, you know, again, see, I try to steer us into usefulness and after the bubble wrap incident. And, and <laughs> this is where we end up as we're back. We're back with this. OK, I'm going to I'm going to make one last stab at, at utility on my part because Roman's smiling over there and I don't even want to know what he's got ready to go, which is file magnet. Which I think is really awesome because one of my big problems with the iPhone has been it can open all sorts of different file formats. And now with the 2.0 software, it's got, it's got PowerPoint and Excel and Word and it's got the iLife apps and, and PDFs and, and graphics, all of these files that it can open. But the only way you could get a file onto your phone was to email it to yourself. And, and then if other people sent you email, that email kept going further and further away until it scrolled off. File Magnet, there's an app on your Mac. There's an app on the iPhone. You put them on the same Wi-Fi network together and you can drag and drop files from off of your desktop onto the phone. And I did this. I took a PDF that was like a 400-page PDF and i could re- i could you know it loads it in in uh, in file magnet and then you just tap on file magnet tap on the file and it opens and you can do all of that same stuff and you can read the whole 400 page pdf or a folder full of jpegs you drag the folder in and it shows up in file magnet on the iphone as a folder and you can go in and you can see all the jpegs and you can open them up and tap around and it's a it's early days and there's more stuff they can do but it's great because now I can load stuff if I want to load some PDFs on to read I can do that I just drag them on and they load very cool. Okay, Roman. Oh,
4: I was just I don't have anything. I was going <laughs> to I was going to confirm or not whether phone, the lightsaber. whether phone saver had a double headed saver in the update because I
2: did the update you got some, while you were Dar- some Darth Maul action going. Yeah, on. and it
4: doesn't have a double-headed.
3: Oh.
2: So what's new <laughs> in the new version of own saber? America wants to know. <laughs> the world wants to know. I think there's George a George Lucas's color. intellectual property lawyers want to know.
4: <laughs> it seems like there's a new color, but new there's color. no double-headed lightsaber.
2: I'm any, disappointed. any games that you've been playing on your iPhone? I haven't been playing games. No. I played while while I was waiting in line for the Dark Knight. I played um Prism, which is a puzzle game um, with these little triangles and you've got to slide them around and make matches. Um, and It's pretty cool. Um, the, my favorite thing about it, I think, is that um, when you make a match, the blocks disappear in a very Tetris kind of like way, except at that point, where all the blocks fall to fill the gaps depends on the orientation of your phone. If it's tilted to the side, they'll fall to the side. If it's tilted the other way, they'll fall that way. So It's sort of like you're using a I don't even know what that would be. It's like Connect Four or an etch yeah. sketch or something mm-hmm. like that where the orientation of your phone actually determines part of the gameplay but it's also just a puzzle game. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. So much so that, that for most of The Dark Knight, I actually stood there watching my wife play it <laughs> and I just was waiting in line with everybody else, uh, with people with iPhones all around me too. So it's yeah. like they hadn't had enough lines. They had loved their iPhone lines so much that they said, let's go see The Dark Knight and wait in a long line there too. And I think we were all hoping we would get to buy an iPhone at the end of the line but We just saw the movie and it cost us 15 bucks.
3: You know, eventually these things will just become like mobile Wiis and, you know, you'll dance to make it do things.
2: (laughs) That's right. In public, which will be very sad and embarrassing for you. Except
3: everyone will have them and everyone will be doing it. Right. It won't
2: be. It will be like a big production number out in the street (laughs) where everybody has got their little phones and they're dancing dancing. around to them. Wonderful. Anything else we've learned from the – from the app store and the iPhone, two weeks in. Other than that, we found well, lots of great time wasters. Learned how
3: painful it can be to try to update.
2: Yeah, I guess we should. I guess we should talk about that. So, is it just me, or does it seem like sometimes apps say they have updates and sometimes they don't, and sometimes iTunes says there are updates, and other times the phone says there are updates? Oh, it's it, just it, terrible. It's very confusing.
3: Actually, just earlier today, I you know when I turned on my iPhone, it told me I had four updates, so I told it to update them, which it appeared to then it told me I had two updates, two of which were the same as what I had just then. And when I updated oh, them, it told me that I've already purchased these apps and I should go to my Mac. Uh, like, I don't, and then I go to my Mac and it says you don't have any updates. Yeah. What's your problem? like, I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> That's right.
2: You don't even, <laughs> so, don't even know enough to know if I, I mean, have a problem. I have so
3: many different ways that you can update it and they don't all – Translate and well, the weird messages.
2: I, I finally – I kept hearing that one of my apps had, had an update and it refused to say that it needed an update. I actually um, deleted it and re-downloaded it from the app store figuring maybe that would get yeah. me the update. And I don't know if it did or whether I just completely yeah. wasted everybody's yeah, well, time. I
3: have one that changed its name and no matter how many times I update it and it tells me it was updated. The name of the app doesn't actually right. change. Right. So I don't know if it – was actually updated, or if you know, iTunes seems to believe it was updated. Yep. Like, so I don't know.
2: The issue I had was with, with with looped, which I was trying out without wearing two shirts. I just was wearing one shirt, and I, I was trying out loop. Hey, there's some aim going on over there, um, and it kept on insisting that it couldn't connect because it needed me to use this update, and it had a useful button that would let me tap to go get the update, and then at that screen it said there's no update. So I deleted it and re-downloaded it, and actually, then it worked. So it's it worked. like sometimes there are updates out there, but it doesn't want to tell you that they're there, and it's really right. frustrating.
3: But now, if you've paid for an app and you delete it and then you get it again, do you have to pay for it again, or will it know that you've
2: no once paid Once for you've it. paid for okay. it, it seems like that's it, and you can download it as many times as you want. Aha! See, I'm gonna. I've got my uh, AOL open here too. Can we do a chat on the air? Is that gonna work? Probably not.
3: Most boring podcast ever.
2: <laughs> you listen while we type. Hey Roman. Ooh. Did you get that?
4: Well, I'm logged in and two play Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here.
2: Oh. Hi. You turned your sound off. That's no good. That's oh. Oh, I, ah. you've destroyed the podcast now as if it weren't boy- – what if we let people listen to what a chat was like except with the sound turned off? It would sound something like complete silence. No, oh, I just sent you G. Yeah, that's right. That was awesome. If it makes
3: everyone feel better, it's just as boring in person to see this happening.
2: It wasn't awesome. It was weesome. weesome. <laughs> see, there is still the keyboard issue, which is – I love it. I can actually tell on Twitter when people are typing on their iPhones with Twitterific um, or another – Twitter app, but Twitterific seems the most common right now. Twinkle is another one that's out there. Um, it's because I've, I I have come to recognize the misspellings that come with trying to type on Twitter <laughs> on the iPhone when you're out in the world somewhere. I'm like, oh yeah, he's on his iPhone now. All right, well that is uh, that is our story from here in deep within the bowels of the MacWorld global headquarters in San Francisco, and uh, we hope we've done enough damage for one podcast. Chris, back to you.
0: Thanks, Jason. That wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast, sponsored by MYOB, small business accounting and point-of-sale software, helping you to mind your own business smarter. I'd like to thank Jeff Carlson, Jason Snell, Roman Loyola, Kelly Turner, and, of course, you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-520-9761. If we like what you have to say, we'll play it on the air. This is Chris Green reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, Apple TV, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time.